Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm okay. Tonight, how are you? <laughs> Good. I was just looking at your baby pictures from over the world. He's not even a baby anymore. Little man. The little man Hi. pictures from over the weekend is the little hat. You guys are out picking flowers. And he is literally the cutest thing I've ever seen. Thank you. I think so too. Ugh, I mean, I'm biased because I like bore him from my own pelvis, but I think he's pretty freaking cute. No, seriously, I showed someone, I showed a photo and they're like, why is that baby so cute? I'm like, I don't know, but he's so adorable. He's so adorable. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I also don't know. In fairness, I also don't know because Matt and I are both hideous children. So like, I don't know how we lucked out with a cute baby. No, I truly. mean, I know why he should be cute, but he just, he looks like a little man. He was just so adorable. So, so many people, I posted a couple of pictures of us from the tulip farm. Um, so many people reached out and they were like, oh my God, he's your twin. And I like truly don't see it. Truly. I, see I just, a little... he just looks like a baby to me. Well, you know? I was, I always, I mean, I think everyone does that. I was looking at the photos and like trying to determine if you look like you were Matt and I can see both. I absolutely really? see both. Yeah. 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 I see oh, both. I don't see either one of us. I just see like, he just looks like a baby. So weird. Well, he, he does look like a baby, but he's, you know, it's like, you know, I can see it in his little smile and his little cheeks and, you know, he's just, just so cute. I want to meet him. He's, I know. Well, are you coming to Tennessee for anything? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I've got a crazy year. It's my damn daughter graduating high school is ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope she listens to this. There's no chance she will, but I hope she hears that. That'd be great. No, um, it would be it would be fun. It would be like last year at the Mac when we were there together. Except I won't be enormous. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. So I don't. I'm gonna try to squeak in something, but I don't know if I can. Work's crazy. I just got I got too much going on this year, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of burnt out on competitions and all of that. So I'm going to the games, but everything in between that, I'm not really that interested then. So we'll see. Okay. Well, I think it'll be fun. We're going to travel. So I'm going to work as a sideline reporter for the syndicate and the Mac syndicate crown, I should say, and the Mac. And um, we're going to stay in Tennessee the whole time. Cause it's just easier than flying back and forth. Cause they're like back to back weekends. So we'll like work remotely from our hotel room. If anyone listening happens to have a baby swing, that they don't use anymore that I can borrow from my hotel room for the week, please send me a DM slide right into the DMS. Um, there's a really cool company. It's kind of new. It's called baby quip. You ever, you probably have no reason no. to have. Yeah. Heard I this, surf that all the they, time, Nikki, all the time, all the time, always they surfing do, baby stuff. <laughs> they do like baby rentals. It's like literally for this reason. So like you could travel without anything and you could rent like a pack and play or a stroller or a swing or whatever. There's just nothing in, Knoxville, there's a bunch in Nashville and like the service to like drive it to Knoxville would be like several hundred dollars. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, I'm, I'm not looking at baby <sighs> stuff at my age. My girls went to, uh, to see their uncle. They have an uncle that lives down in Texas and apparently as a friend or a roommate or something, he's older than me, by the way. Uh, but he's his friend or roommate who is exactly my age. And the girls come back and they're like, daddy, he's got a roommate. He's like 51. I'm like, he does. I'm like, yeah. And he has a baby that's four. I'm like, how does that happen? <laughs> and Megan, <laughs> Megan, Megan goes, well, uncle Josh said he, and I quote, let one slip past the goalie. <laughs> oh my God. Uncle Josh, that's inappropriate. I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Let one slip past the goalie. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even play soccer, but I understood that meaning. So <laughs> I get it. Thanks for putting it in the context. <laughs> I know it was the best. Well, let's, let's get to the episode. So um, for those listening, it was kind of an interesting one tonight. We're re-releasing an episode we released uh, last week. And so I wanted to give some context as to why we're doing that and kind of tell the story. So everyone will understand what happened. I think it's kind of a non-event. I mean, it's not a non-event, but it's not as dramatic as others are making it out to be but I want to kind of talk it through and some of it's kind of funny. So we normally release episodes on Fridays. That's our day. And I had a trip. I was going to Salt Lake city, which is gorgeous, by the way, Nikki, if you ever have never been there, you need to go. I've never been. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Great food. Uh, And an amazing amount of alcohol. I was really surprised by that. (laughs) To be honest. See what travels like when you're not on RP. 
I know. <laughs> oh, I ate so much food. We could do a whole episode on everything I ate and drank, but okay. we're not going to do that tonight. Um, okay. But we totally could. Great food in Salt Lake City. Great drinks in Salt Lake City. Really, and a beautiful city. It was really gorgeous. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, because I was traveling, I released the episode on Wednesday night. And the episode was with James Townsend, which is most people listening, if they don't already know, uh, will know, used to be uh, Mal O'Brien's coach. And she's now with Matt Frazier and his team. And so we had James on the podcast and it was, it was a really great conversation. It is. And you like got to get a listen to it because it's coming up next. Um, but, you know, James is really funny and, and he's got young children. We had a lot of conversations about family and, and that sort of thing. And over the course of conversation, we, we discussed Mal some. And without going into too much detail, it felt very benign to me for whatever that's worth. Um, I think it did to you too, Nikki. I don't want to speak for you, but. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, yeah, I didn't think much of it. athletes switch coaches all the time. Sometimes we talk to coaches about gaining new athletes. Sometimes we talk to coaches about losing marquee athletes. I, I didn't really think it was, um, yeah, I thought it was benign. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it seemed very, um, non-drama like, and as someone who right. deals in drama on the satire page quite often, <laughs> it, uh, your favorite thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty good at identifying when things are hot button topics. But in this case, obviously not, because what ended up happening was the next day I'm traveling and keep in mind, I didn't take my laptop with me because I had already posted the episode. So I didn't need to do any other work on the podcast. And next thing I know, uh, I'm getting a letter and the letter was from an agent and it said, hey, John, it's been brought to my attention that uh, MWGA has recently hosted a guest, James Townsend, whose dialogue has met the criteria of defamation of character of one of our clients in their camps. I will kindly ask you in confidence, we'll talk about that in a minute, <laughs> to remove this episode from the public domain as, as MWGA would also be brought into this matter as a result of failing to comply. Please feel free to reach out directly if you have any questions. Thank you kindly in regards, Bijan Harabi. So uh, for those that don't know, Bijan is Mal's agent. So uh, I know Bijan. Know him well. I've known him for a couple of years. He represents Saxon, by the way. Uh, and Noah and a few other people. And I, I met him, oh, when was it? Wadapalooza. Uh, he was walking around with Allison uh, Scuds, who I love. And we stopped to talk about being cat ladies. She called me the cat lady. And that's how she introduced me. This is John. He's a fellow cat lady. Uh, and we met and talking. And, you're not wrong. Yeah, she's not, she's wrong. not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> it was super nice to me. Uh, super nice to me. And, uh, as a matter of fact, we had, he and I had spoken a week earlier about him potentially representing this podcast moving forward. Uh, because I, you know, I'm, you know, we do a, a plenty of advertising and it'd be nice to have someone. Cause maybe. I'd be hustling on my own for that podcast money. With yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know, like, I am just setting it up to say like, we've got a relationship, you know? And so the next thing I know I'm getting this, what is essentially a cease and desist order, or you're going to get sued letter. Uh, which to say it startled me is an understatement. Um, so here's like kind of how things went down. And I guess I'm telling the story to say why we uh, removed the podcast. So uh, I was initially like kind of startled and very, very disappointed for whatever that's worth. Um, you know, I was not expecting, you know, the podcast to generate that kind of drama. And I said, so, you know, told him, Hey, yeah. pretty disappointed to get a cease and desist letter when you could have just picked up the phone and called me and I would have done the right thing. But um, I reached out to James and said to him very clearly, I'm like, hey, James, listen, I want to tell you what's going on. You know, I got this letter. I want to make sure you understand a couple of things. Number one, I'm a firm believer and a probably a crazy believer in the right to free speech. Uh, and not that I believe that free speech doesn't have consequences. But in this case, I didn't think we'd done anything wrong. So I'm like, listen, I'll leave that podcast up for all eternity and I will fight it until I get a court order to take it down if you tell me to. However, um, if you'll take a suggestion, I would suggest you to let me take it down and let us edit it to make it more, you know, friendly for all parties. And then you don't have to worry about fighting anything and we don't have to worry about fighting anything. And that'll be the end of it. And James, you know, very kindly agreed to do so for whatever that's worth. So that's why we removed the episode. That's, you know, kind of the gist of it. Um, the whole thing is weird to me, though. Like, 
I don't know. I, I just don't get it. It didn't, you know, it didn't feel, it felt like an agent trying to protect a client from something that didn't need to be protected because on our end, there wasn't anything, um, at least from my viewpoint that was said that was poor. Um, but we don't need to get into that. I just, uh, it was just, just disappointing to, you know, to get an attack, uh, or or an immediate threat as opposed to a phone call for whatever that's worth. Yeah. I understand that. I think from my perspective, like people, people are always going to feel some kind of way about athletes moving coaches and camps. And I think that people are entitled to their opinions about that. I think when we first got the letter, John, you and I both had the exact same reaction, which was, well, I hope nothing's coming down on Mal because we love Mal. And that was not clearly not the intention. Like the intention was never to stir up drama. So both you and I were like, Oh my God, well, if Mal's getting whatever crap for this, then like, let's definitely like, you know, think about it or take it down or, or edit or do whatever we need to do. It just, but, but truly like, we're just, we're not out here trying to start drama. We're just out here being like, Oh, like, this person moved camps. This person did whatever. How do you feel? How does, what does that mean? Like it's, it's normal questions. Yeah. And and I, I thought James was respectful, but again, like just not, not here to stir up shit. We're really not. We're just here to, you know, talk about the sport that we love that apparently is dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I certainly didn't want any drama for Mal. I mean, let me have, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I love Mal. Like she's, I don't know her. <clears throat> I don't know her at all. Um, I've met her a couple of times. And I ran into her at the teen throwdown. I told that on the show, actually, it probably, it won't come up because I edited it out. Um, But I met her at the teen throwdown and um, this is, I never told her, I haven't told her this or anyone this for that matter. Um, There was an athlete there who I've become friends with over the years. I met this other kid's parents and this kid and the kid was having a really tough competition. Um, just not, you know, thought they would be doing better. You know how it goes. Thought they'd be doing better of course, than they yeah. did and having a rough day and just getting her ass kicked. And, you know, it's just six, it was just teen throwdowns. So the kid's like 16 or 17 years old and just all teary eyed. And you could tell just totally defeated. Meanwhile, Mal is destroying these women, you know, these young women, which, you know, should be expected. Like I mean, she do. Yeah, yeah. Doing 200 pound clean and jerks at the time, you know, it's a couple of years ago, but even then like really crazy weights. And Mal goes over to this girl and just embraces her. Mm. He gives her like the biggest hug. And you can see this other girls, you know, all of her troubles just kind of wash away because the best of the group came over and consoled her, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm a, I have an 18 year old daughter. I'm sitting there going, man, this is a kid that's raised, right? Mm. A kid, you know, and, and even if they're not, I mean, I don't know anything about her family, but even if they're not, she's, a great young woman for doing that. Like such, you know, genuine compassion and good sportsmanship and, and everything you want to see out of a teen athlete or any athlete yeah. for that matter, you know? Yeah, so, of course. You know, so I, we have zero intention of creating any, any drama for her whatsoever, nor did, you know, did we go into recording the episode to cause any, nor did, do I think we did cause any for whatever. Yeah. I hope was. not. Yeah, I I don't think there was. Um, as a matter of fact, I think this is a gross over uh, correction by an agent that to which she had nothing to do with. Um, and for those speculating, I don't think anyone else had anything to do with it. It certainly wasn't Matt or you know O'Keefe for any of those guys from Hard Work Pays Off. Like no, they were out of town for God's sakes. They didn't know this was going down. You know, so it, you know it's just one guy who you know sees the podcast and. I don't know. I guess he thought he could bully us. I I don't I don't know the best way to to word it, but that's what it appeared to me. Um, um I'm glad that you retooled it because I think we had some really good other conversations with James about other other did we talk about poop a lot? Oh my god. We talk about so many great things. It's a funny episode. Why do I not remember? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Maybe a great because I talk about poop so often in my life nowadays. We spend a lot of time talking about kids. We talk about training camps, talk about philosophies of training and coaching. And, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And, and, you know, so it's all edited out. There won't be any, you know, any conversation about previous athletes that he's coached, but we're talking about athletes he's current currently coached and it should be excessively benign at this point. So I think everyone will enjoy that conversation. Um, you know, I did think though it was the real ironic part of it to me. Um, 
is that we were already starting to make a shift in our content anyway. And so it's probably a good time yeah. to talk about, you know, um, what we're looking to do in the future. And I'm really excited about the future of the content of this podcast, which um, is going to be less athlete centric and more community centric. Is that probably the best yeah. way to word it? You think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, we've been, John and I have both been working on some projects. I'm super excited. Can I talk about it? Can I say yeah, it? No, right that's now? the whole point. Let's okay. talk about it. Cool. So, um, the, I guess we don't have an exact release date, but they'll be, they'll be starting to roll out soon. Um, ever since I came back from having the baby, we've gotten a lot of feedback about some like episodes we've done that are either heavy on the, the, the postpartum recovery type you know, um, topics or just kind of in general women's issues or women in sport or women in CrossFit. And it kind of hit us. And this was actually, I think this was John's idea that there's not a lot of voice, uh, in that respect happening. And so I have been working on a, a short series that I kind of been calling focus on female, you know, looking at women's issues and talking to ladies in our space. Um, from the athlete side from, yeah, there's a lot of like postpartum recovery type, you know, how do I get back to training? What is a pelvic floor PT? Um, there's, you know, I talked to Joy and Claire from this is Joy and Claire, formerly girls gone wad now back to girls gone wad Mm -hmm. about their journey. Um, Logan and Britt, who are two of my best friends who are some of the only lady MCs in the CrossFit space. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I am so open to the, the types of content or the types of people or whatever. If you have an idea, if you're listening and you're like, Oh my God, thank God. I really want to hear about meh. Like, let me know because I'm so open to bringing more female voices into this space to be able to focus on topics that are kind of specific to the women or that maybe aren't just getting enough light. So I'm, I'm totally open and I'm excited to start releasing those. Yeah. And I think the kind of the punchline to this is we're going to be releasing more content, not less, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's not just, you know, Nikki doing kind of solo interviews with women's issues. We're planning to talk about, uh, you know, I'll do some solo ones, uh, probably primarily around uh, like charity work. Like I just did one Scott Brett's from Battle Cancer that we haven't released yet. Um, do some diversity episodes. Um, we're going to do some with affiliate owners, uh, CrossFit Health, uh, and a lot of stories that are what I would consider CrossFit adjacent, meaning people that have a life outside of our gym, but they also go to our gyms and, you know, talk about their lives and how they balance that. And, and we will still be talking to athletes, but if you're looking for games coverage, go listen to Sean and Tommy. They're the best in the game. We love those dudes. They kill it. Um, you know, but that isn't going to be our bag. It's never been our bag. Our bag has always been community. And, and we think we need to lean in on that and, and make that a bigger focus. And this, you know, this weekend was a very good example of why that is. I don't mm-hmm. care about all this, these games drama, like it doesn't mean anything right. to me. I care about the the people because I, I know a lot of them and I want, you know, I kind of know Mal. She seems like a great person. I want her to be successful. I, I know James. I want him to be successful. I don't care about what happened in between. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care to cover it. I should say, maybe that's a better yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Also um, shoot my shot and give you my top five list ahead of who I think is going to win semifinals and finals and things well, like look, that. I, but we're both CrossFitters. I'm sure we'll speculate at some point and, you yeah. know, but it's just not going to be, you know, the main focus of this show. And, and, uh, you know, mostly cause I don't want to deal with these damn agents. I don't care about them. <laughs> like, I don't fair. care. That's fair. That's they can go do their own you. thing. Sorry. Like, they got a job. <laughs> they got a job to do. I get it. Like I get it. Bijan had a job to do. He felt like he was protecting his client. He also felt like, I would roll over and say, Hey, no problem, buddy. I'll just delete it and do nothing about it. Smartest thing I ever did when we started this podcast, Nikki was hire a lawyer. I know. Absolutely. Retainer. What's up? Yeah. I mean, look, come on. Like I got a real job. This isn't, this is not my real job. Believe it or not. I am not making me millions. I'm not even making me dozens. When are the meme dozens coming in? That's what I want to know. I'd be happy with the cahoots money coming in. I'd be happy with a meme dozen right now. I swear (laughs) to God, I would. 
I swear I would. But anyway, uh, all that aside, I, I'm really excited about the future of the podcast and the stuff we have coming up. Same. And I'm excited about this episode and I'm excited about Mal season and watching her grow as an athlete. Like what a great young woman. And she's mm-hmm. going to be great for the sport. You know, I just think all of this is blown out of proportion and dumb for whatever that's worth. But anyway, that well said or bad said. And I was going to say, and with that, <laughs> <laughs> on to the episode. Well, look at you. Look at you doing our transition. I like it. You're I a tried. real pro. I you tried. should get a job at QVC. That would be good. Oh, my God. Still waiting on an air date. TV. Are you? All right. Well, give yeah. us the air date and we'll make sure we have everyone listening to QVC. <laughs> okay. And with that, for everyone listening, we're going to kick this over to the, uh, to the episode with James. We'll chat with you guys soon. Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am so good. I'm, I'm like, I'm surviving, I guess are I you? should say. I'm so good. I'm so good and I'm surviving and I feel like I'm in a good spot right now because um, like the baby had been sick for like a month and a half. I swear to God, everyone said when your kid starts daycare, just, you know, just get ready. Cause they're going to be sick all the time. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then back of my head, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, we're healthy. We're clean. I'm breastfeeding. I'm passing all sorts of immunity. And then nope, like fucking back to back virus, <laughs> ear infection, another right. virus, another ear infection. And I was just like, I can't, I, I can't, I can't. So for like, Two straight weeks, he was spiking fevers every night. I was stressed. I was texting you. I'm like, yeah. I don't even understand what to do with my life. And finally, 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 this last like week, he's been back to normal. So I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm doing really good that he's like healthy. And I'm like surviving this like period right. of parenting all at once. It feels a little bit overwhelming, but it's all good. Well, we're probably going to talk a lot about family tonight. So we had James Townsend with us. He's got some of the most beautiful kids you've ever seen. James, how you doing, man? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How are those babies doing? They doing good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're doing good. You know, speaking of sick baby, you know, we're going through the, the same thing. My son, he is, he is, uh, dealing with this cough just just out of nowhere mm. doesn't have a runny nose but the mucus is coming through his mouth and it's and it's a cough and he just started spiking fevers and then before i hopped on in his call i was smelling something and i was like you know i got i got two big dogs but this smells like you know something runny and and, and it smells like a, a a kid's diaper and mm-hmm. and my wife she in the last six months she hasn't had her taste or smell yet so she can't smell anything so i'm like all right i go to check him yes front oh no i'm running through the house like this i'm like babe you gotta take you gotta take any poop i gotta get on this podcast and i help him get him in the tub and he's just covered i was like all right he's in his hair is yeah and i'm like gagging because i can't (laughs) You know, the smell and like, <laughs> I can't like, you know, I'm over here gagging because it's all on them. And it's, yeah. And I was like, all right. Uh, and she it. can't, well, she can't smell. So it's like the perfect job for her right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I was just joking about this. One of my, uh, one of my coworkers is pregnant and we were talking about what it's like, you know, teaching potty training kids and dealing with diapers. And I'm like, I remember vividly when I was kind of a newly single dad and my girls were like five and three and I'd be on the couch watching tv and they'd be playing games and i'd hear one of them toddle off into the bathroom and a couple minutes later here's my shot daddy come wipe me and you, <laughs> and you go in there and you've seen this before yeah. they're like turned yeah. around and they're grabbing their ankles and their little butts in the air you know it's like, yeah. oh, like and you do the same thing you're like gagging you're like, oh, this is yeah. disgusting <laughs> you know it's, it's we haven't hit how how old is the baby James? Uh, 15 months. So like we're, I'm the little guy just turned eight months here. And so we haven't really hit like gross poop yet. You know what I mean? Like he just started eating solids like two months ago. And so like his poop just is now starting to like form even like shapes and logs. So it's like, it doesn't smell bad yet. It just smells like, um, I don't even know what kind of like, like it's, there. Uh, it's just there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like fermented. It's like, yeah. this yeah. like weird, like fermented earthy kind of smell. And I'm like, just dreading the day that it actually smells like human shit. Like that will be the day yeah. I die. I don't think yeah. I'm going to survive it. Cause right now it's like, Oh, you pooped. It's kind of yeah. cute. And now, yeah, I, I'm yeah. not going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are a joy. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure yeah. we've ever started a podcast with this topic before. So that's fun. That's good. That's yeah. the first for us. Should do it every week. I feel like everyone has something to say about poop on we'll a just, weekly basis. We'll ask everyone coming on from now on. Hey, well, how was your poop today? This would be great. Just wondering. Right. Um, but I feel you. I totally feel you on the because one of the things, one of the he had everything. Hunter had everything in the last month and a half. But one of the things he had was that cough that lasted like you know three weeks after mm-hmm. the one virus. I don't know. Not Rona. I had to watch him get a PCR test. It was like awful getting his brain swabbed at the pediatrician's office and the same thing like the mucus and it's like coming out of his mouth and he's <laughs> gagged on it he like yeah. gagged on boogers yeah. and then threw up i was like oh dear yeah. god like what is next i don't know what is it next drops and yeah and it, and it it's like with with my kids you know they when they spike a fever they spike a fever yeah. like you know my my um my not uh, my eight-year-old Perseus, she 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 was diagnosed with uh um, it's like it's like severe fevers. It, it, it's a word for it. So like when she gets fevers, she gets like one hundred four five or or one hundred five fevers. Oof. Oh my god! Like, yeah, it spikes that high. No symptoms, and then they'll go away. And then when it's time for bed, it'll spike right up. You know, and it, would... and then Freya got it, and then now him, and it's like. You know, those fevers, man, it, it freaks me out because they breathe heavy. And then I'm always like uh-huh. feeling their hearts. To, <laughs> they they yep, heart beat yep. fast. And it's just, yeah. And the only yep. thing you can do is go, you know, ibuprofen, Tylenol. Ibuprofen, Tylenol. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. You know? Yeah. That happened one time to me like a week and a half ago. He spiked a fever of 103.7. It's the highest I've seen so far. And I lost my shit. And I'm like, we need to go to the hospital. He's like, it's okay. Like baby fevers can get that high. Let's give him Motrin and wait. And like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, laying by him. Like every 10 seconds, checking my watch. Like when can I check his fever again? When is the Motrin kicked in? When is the whatever, whatever. For the next week, I stuck a thermometer up that baby's butthole every hour on the hour i was obsessed i was like it's not happening again i am not letting it happen again i am watching it i am monitoring and i've like gone through like three bottles of motrin in the last like yeah they are my poor friend i know i've talked about him on the show before my my poor friend uh mark who's a pediatrician who i met via instagram who's just like the sweetest man ever because i think every night for like two weeks i would text him and be like mark He's got a fever again. He's got a fever again. What do I do? It was so kind of being like, Jesus, this first time mom is just panicking over everything. But yeah, fevers are scary. Not scary. fun. Scary. Yep. Like I'm melting his brain. Yeah, well, <laughs> it gets better. It absolutely gets better. Yeah. You'll get past this phase soon enough. James, I saw uh, I saw an amazing video. Of you teaching box jumps to your baby girl the other day. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, 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 Freya. Yeah, that's my, uh, she's, you know, Freya's not like Princess P. Like, P, I, I swear, she came out of the womb just athletic. You know, she was she the, the prototype athlete that you want in a kid. You know, she was crawling at three months, walking at seven. And she was just, you know, always in the gym with me, you know, because I, I, I don't do the, the whole daycare thing. Like, I just don't, I have a, a thing against daycares. I just don't trust them. Right. You know, the story, I feel you, you know? I feel you. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then, you know, and then when Freya came along, she walked at 14 months and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you walking fast? But that's, that's normal, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. But, but with her, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious with her because she, she falls a lot. You know, she's, she's kind of like my, the baby that, that falls and gets hurt, you know, P, P spoiled me because she rarely got hurt, but. Freya, you know, she gets hurt and she's very timid and, you know, she's a girl dad. And um, so that day when we were doing box jump, she's like, Dad, I think I'm ready for 24 inches. And I was like, you sure? She's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I was like, okay. You know, she gets the box out. And mind you, I don't have a soft box. You know, the, the, um, the Titan Fitness handstand walk obstacle is like 20 inches. So I've been using that for her. But 
as of late, she sees what Big Sister does and, and all the other kids. She wants to do the rogue um, um, wood box. So she jumps on it 20 inches fine. So I was like, all right, let's go 24. She misses, she misses, and then she hits her shins. Oh. Right? And, and immediately, you know, she looks at me and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, you're all right. You're okay. And it, was, it wasn't planned. And it was just, just like, you know, I went to go grab her. She starts to cry. And I'm like, you're okay. You're okay. She's grabbing her knee. And I was like, no, just, just put your leg down. You're fine. Look at me. Breathe. Breathe. You don't have to cry. Breathe. And I'm breathing with her, you know, because with my kids, I need them to be strong and confident. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not be and, and not so much be afraid of of what's to come. I need to, to I need to prepare them, you know, emotion, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally for what's to come. You know, so so when they grow up older and they go to college and they have their own family, they are prepared emotionally and mentally. So I do that early with my girls. And so and this was one of the many learning moments, not just for her, but also for me that like, hey, as a parent, yes, I want to be a Superman and grab you and be like, baby, you're OK, you're OK. But in that moment, I need you to be superwoman to not always um want to look for daddy and cry it's okay but most of the time daddy is not going to be there so i need you to be brave on your own when daddy is not there so when she scraped the knee i'm breathing with her and she calmed down the tears wasn't falling she started to get brave i'm talking with her i'm whispering with her you know i'm i'm, I'm consoling her i'm saying see you can do it i'm like all right so next time we jump up just make sure you get your your feet up a little higher okay she started to get a little timid, so she jumps up and misses it again and kind of scrapes her, her calves. And then she and then I'm laughing, and then that made her laugh. So I laughed on purpose <laughs> to get her mind off of it. Right? And then she stands up and then just nails it. And then she kind of just stood up, looked at me, and then went like this. And I was like, see? I was like, you can be brave. I was like, you can be brave, even even in the midst of of you scraping your shin and hurting your shin. You that's not even a thought anymore for you. You still went on. You went through. You pushed through the adversity, and you still pushed through and persevered. And that's what it was all about. And we high fived, and that was it. I think I read one time that kids form most of their values by the time they're five. And so when I see stuff like that, you know, I think I often think that when people are, I see people raising their kids and I think a lot of people feel like, well, I'll get to that later. You know, whatever I've got to coach my kid on or teach them, I'll get to that later. And it's when they're little, you have to teach them. Like they, right. it's amazing how much they pick up at the, that young age. And I'm convinced my yeah. girl, like I, I think my girls are awesome, but, uh, and they are awesome, but I'm convinced <laughs> it's because me and my ex-wife both worked really hard when they were little to instill values and they carry it on through their teenage years and now into their young adulthood, you know, but right. if you miss it early, it's hard to get it back. You know, right. It Absolutely. So, so when do I have to stop cussing around the baby? Mm, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like eight months ago, trouble. actually, yeah. Nikki. Yeah. eight months ago yeah. is when you needed to stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I that sometimes too even with like little habits like obviously I need to be better about my language but even like like little things like um I don't know about you guys well James you probably do this but like we don't have like Matt and I don't like sit down at the dinner table and eat dinner you know like we're the we're a good American family we like sit in front of the tv in the living room and just kind of we don't even have a lot of time for dinner like before before we had the baby when I was pregnant you know we would like work all day, run to the gym. I would coach, we'd get home, we'd eat at like 9 PM for 15 minutes. And then like, you know, watch 20 minutes of a show and go to bed. So I really want in, in this life with a family now, I really want to like carve out time and like sit at the dinner table and like be a family and like, like make a routine where we like talk at the end of the day and ask about how school was and whatever. And I'm, I'm constantly thinking like, when do we start that? Like, when do we do that? Is he already watching us? Like, is now the time or do we have a little bit of wiggle room? I don't know. Right. My my wife is really good with that. Cause you know, I, I grew up the same way. Like there really wasn't 
you know, a, a dinner table and we sat at the dinner table and we had a powwow or said what we were thankful for or said grace. But now it's like whenever my wife cook, we're at the dinner table. Right. And the girls, uh, P, she'll lead us in prayer. She'll say, you know, I fold my hands. I bow my head. I'm ready to say my prayers now. God is great. God is good. Thank you for this food. Amen. Enjoy. And then Freya go, my turn. I'm first. And then we do, we, we say, what are we thankful for? And then we go down the line. We go, Freya. She'll go, oh, then Pia go, then my wife will go, and then I'll go. And Freya always like, I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for these toys, my mommy, my daddy, my brother, you know, stuff to end. You know, and when, while we're doing that, I look back and I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is really cool to like, this is, this is family time. This is, you know, us telling each other what we're thankful for. You know, I didn't have that when I was growing up, but to be able to have that with my kids and have my wife instill that, you know, to say, hey, get out of the TV, turn the TV off. It's dinner time. Like, all right, this is our time together. And then this is our time to where we could tell each other what are we thankful for? How was school? How was work? You know, to to put a pause on life and just come yeah. together and, you know, be thankful. How do you carve out time for all this, James? Like you have a really, you know, from what I know, you have a really busy life. Like you're running this gym and you know, you're a hell of an athlete. You're doing your own training and you're training other people. Like, how do you carve time from like all that work to get this time with your family? Uh, I make it, you know, um, I learned that when I give time, I give my love. I give my care. I show that I care and I'm showing love. Right. Um, like I said, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a, a male dominant figure in my life when I was growing up. Didn't have my father around. Um, my mom was working you know, seven to 11. So she rarely was around and my brothers was raising me. So, you know, having that time and, and actually making that time is very important to me because, you know, broken promises and stuff were, were, were done to me. And now that I'm a father, I'm like, you know, I'll put my pride aside and, and, and I don't make excuses. It's like, it's not that hard. It's like, you, you make the time, you don't make the excuses. You throw the excuses away. You make the time and you make the effort for your kids. And by me not having that, that drives me to go ahead and 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 make sure I'm making the time for my kids. Whether if it's you know today taking my daughter to get um get her tooth pulled, like you know at three o'clock. Well, because my wife is is very busy. She's a financial advisor, so she has meetings all the time. So you know I don't mind being being the one to cut down my time to give my time to my kids. It's an important, important thing. Like, I mean, I was fortunate. My dad was always around still. He's still always around. Um, you know, he was always there for dinner and, you know, doing stuff with us on the weekends and, and whatever. So I always had kind of the same mindset. Like when I was like, when I was going to have kids and when I had kids, I was going to be there for those moments, you know, but it's amazing as you're going through it, that it just, it kind of feels like, you know, why you just think, well, everyone does this, you know, like when you're kind of in the midst of it, you're like, well, this is just the way it is. Like, why wouldn't you want to be a great father? And then as your kids get older and they start telling you stories and the kind of the story you're telling here of their friends where their dads aren't around or the broken promises. And, and then all of a sudden you realize it is to some degree kind of unique, you know, to have dads that are that involved. So I, I just love hearing it. Like, you know, I, it, it's a fun journey watching kids grow up in the household. The thing about it is that, like, I don't need to be this big bravado athlete anymore. Like, I don't need to 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 want to do my wants and, and and care about my needs. You know, like I, I I was that athlete. Now I have kids. It's like I don't need to be in the forefront. Right. Tudor Magna is a monster. Yeah. And that kid's got a real chance to win the games at some point. How come they did not build 19-year-old boys like that when I was 19 years old? Like, I don't understand. I think I was like 165, you know, soaking wet wide receiver. He's like 210. What the heck? I think my husband was like 165 when we first met before CrossFit and he put on like 30 pounds. Like, what? When he was 17, this is the team. Do you remember what he snatched at the team throwdown? Was it like 297 or something ridiculous or 279? It was a. Yeah, yeah. It was like 279, 280. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was a ridiculous number. And, you know, he's 17 years old, Nikki. And like, 
as a parent watching it, it's just as a dad, like I'm sitting there watching this kid and I'm like, please, please don't attempt this lift. You're going to kill yourself. And then he just crushes it. You know, like it's nothing. He's just mm-hmm. he's so strong. I know. And so this strong. is how I feel watching the teens. Cause I don't know if, if you know this James, but for years and years before I ever did sideline reporting for individuals or teams at games, I was the age group person. Like I was, <laughs> I was on age groups for years. And so I, I got to know the families and the kids, they were kids. I mean, even I was a kid, but they were like kid kids. And I, I love to tell the story of how, like, I've known Dallin Pepper since he was 15 years old, basically. And like his entire family and like his mom and dad. And one time my flight got stuck in Chicago going to games and his dad offered to like come and pick me up. Like I'm in the family and watch him grow and like turn into this monster of a boy and then get married and then like i'm like oh my god i'm so old i can't i can't even like understand the evolution of what's happened here but you must feel that i know i'm not ready to grow up (laughs) i know i made my own human but i'm still not ready to grow up but you must feel that all the time especially like in watching not only the sport evolve but watching and molding these kids who are going to be the absolute next generation of athletes. They, they, they do not make them now the way that you started to make them right. three, four years ago. They don't right. like the CrossFitters of the future. We have no idea what they're capable of. It, it's going to be scary. You know, I mean, I, I have my daughter to be nine in June, so we got five more years until she, she breaks through. And so it's, it's just, this is their sport. You know, even though, you know, de- depending on her, her journey with gymnastics, because she'll be level seven, um, she'd be oh, oh dang. an eight year old at, yeah, yeah, nine year old at, at level seven. I'm sorry, we're just going to gloss oh. over that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like Olympic trajectory. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the only the, the only thing I say about that, that that may slight her from that is her height. Mm. Like the girl legs is just. Like she's just sprouting, and and it, and it just makes me laugh because, you know, five years ago when when we sprouted on the scene when she did her ten strict um, pull ups and then was lifting and everything, everybody was like, "Oh, she's gonna be that height forever." I'm like, only if people knew what proper weightlifting does for kids and their growth. Now she's she's like to my shoulder, so I'm like, you know, I I, <laughs> I hope she stays in dances, but her height just may sprout her out of it. Yeah, and then here you go into CrossFit. She'll have that foundation because cheerleaders and gymnasts are perfect for CrossFit. Right. That is why, and I've said this before, and I've said this on this podcast. The second my kid can walk, I am putting him in gymnastics. Gymnastics. The second we talk all the time about, like, what are all the things? Like, Matt's going to take him to swim classes and stuff right now. Like all that little, you know, stuff you can do with little kids. I took him to baby yoga when he was like 12 weeks old. It was awesome. <laughs> but, um, but Does like, you know, this one now. No, we're, we're about to start. Okay. And it's so interesting. Have you ever seen them? Like when they're that oh, young, scary. they just toss scary. them into the pool. They just <laughs> chuck them in. Scary. scary. Oh I my can't, God. Yeah, it scares me. <laughs> I'm real bad at swimming and Matt's like a fish. So that's why he's going to be handling the swim oh, lessons. Okay. But as okay. far as like, I really want to know what he's going to get into someday. Like what sports mm-hmm. he going to play, but whatever I'm going to put him in gymnastics the second he can put his own two feet on the ground by himself. Yeah. The gymnastics foundation is just amazing. It's, yeah. it's amazing what they could do for body awareness and like, yes. and, yeah. and like core strength and yes. like stability, yeah. like all that good stuff. I was in, ballet when I was that little and then do shit for me in real life. So <laughs> I was playing guitar when I was little, so I was really not doing anything. Really. Hey, that's a skill. <laughs> it's a skill, but it's not fitness. You know, no, no, I was in ballet when I was that little. And then I did it until I was like 22. Wow. Really? For Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my whole, 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 whole life. Can you and still get up on your toes? Like, like that? I mean, probably in the proper shoes, but it totally jacked up my feet for life. Ooh, okay. Totally. But I would, I would totally put them in like other dance classes. Like when I quit the ballet and I like joined like a traveling, like dance, like hip hop team, like I would totally put them in other dance classes someday. This is why Mommy Nikki can't dance. get that toe spacer endorsement. She's been trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay, I would, I would charge so much money 
to be a, a any kind of athlete endorsement that forced me to put my foot pics on my Instagram. <laughs> I would charge extra for that. Hey, did um did Tudor make semis? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Where where's he going? Be? Yeah, where's it going? Syndicate. Syndicate. <gasps> Guess who else will be there? Oh, you'll be there? Are you going? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. I hate to like say it out loud until my plane tickets are booked. Well, here, yes, I, I guess I'm oh, saying man, it out I, loud I on the podcast, but but yes, yesterday. my plan, yeah, my plan is to be there. Yay, yeah, for real this time, good. and not like pull out one week beforehand because of the Rona. Yeah, <sighs> tickets are high. Flights are high. Oh, they're so high right now. In general, everywhere, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's, look, airlines not. airlines are trying to get their money back. Fuel prices are high to start. I mean, so that doesn't right. help. But yeah. come on, like they they know they're the mask restrictions are coming off next week, and they've been losing money for the last two years. They're about to make it back. People will be traveling again, so raise prices. Why not? You know. And unfortunately, all of us CrossFitters are going to pay for it because we got to go to these events. So. Mm-hmm. Gotta go. Yep. Here you go. Yeah. Hey, you got a you got a thing going on at Roseland soon, right? Did I see that you doing a yeah. seminar with, with uh, Marquan? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm taking my uh, TBO camp, and we're doing a um, <clears throat> a mini camp, and um, it's going to be out out in Jersey. But I'm originally from New York, but my family lives in Jersey, and um, so so that's home for me too. I haven't been home in like three and a half, four years. Mm. So, so it's going it's going to be neat, and you know we want to try to do these uh, TBO camps as much as possible because, you know, me personally, I feel as if the the correct information for all levels need to be out there. You know, on on you know what gym should I go to? What you know, what do I need to look for? All right, one you need to um, find a good gym that has good coaching plus good programming, not just programming anything for you to do but that has a purpose behind the programming if you're going to do it one hour a day, right? If you're looking to compete, all right, find a programming that's going to dial into your weaknesses, not your strength, your weaknesses. And, you know, and, and your weaknesses are your aerobic, your, your, your intensity, and your capacity. And if you could combine that with monostructural, barbell, gymnastics, body weight, Barbell cycling, barbell conditioning, gymnastics, conditioning, gymnastics, capacity, intensity, like all those into it goes into the athlete that you need to be to make it to the games. Right. But not not too many people know about that. Right. You have to pay for that information to get that information from a coach. No, I want you to come to me and learn from me, Quan, Dex, what if um Chandler, anybody, right? Come learn from us and get the real and raw, the, the real and rawness of what it takes to be an athlete. All levels come, you know. I want to, I want to be open and authentic with all levels and, and and help them along this journey, right? Instead of, you know, oh, I'm paying comp train, or I'm paying this, and I'm paying that, and I'm just doing whatever I need to do, and you know, it's been five years and I still can't get my bar muscle up. That's 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 very strange to me that you've been doing CrossFit five years, and you can't give get a bar muscle up. That to me, once again, that tells me time. A coach is not giving you time, right? A coach need to just you know take the time out. Hey, this person doesn't have a bar muscle. Up. It takes ten minutes to put them through accessories, demonstrate the movement, show them how to how to build the strength for it, and then. Know, gradually two three minutes a day work with them to get the bar muscle yeah i want to i want to come to one of these tbo camps but only because yeah. i want to be in the post camp photo where all you guys are lined up and it's like it's like a sea of abs i don't know if yeah. you've ever seen yeah. pictures, Nikki, but every time they take a photo not only are they all shirtless but they're all about to pass out from holding their breath flexing their abs and i'm going to be the one guy in a sweatshirt you know, full, <laughs> full length pants, blue jeans. You know. Yes, you're in a snowsuit, John. Just yeah, like exactly. exactly. You know what's funny is that is like is like before we all get together to take the pictures, like all the guys are like doing push ups and curls and and abs, right? And then one of the uh, camp attendees is like, "Why are you working out?" And they were like, 
Do you see who we taking the picture next to? We got mm-hmm. James Ayers. Like, like we, <laughs> we can't have his bike. I was like, oh man, they, yo, that that right there is like the nature of these guys and how we come together. Like their their love and their appreciation for for one another for for all of us. We don't we don't say, oh, you know, I did this, I did that. It's like we all check our egos at the door mm-hmm. and we all bounce off of each other to make the CrossFit community better. Well, I. So it- I- Go ahead, oh, Nick. You go ahead, John. No, no, you go. I was going well, to I was going to say, I love the crew that you always have at these events. Uh, Marquand yeah. Jones is like one of my all-time favorite people. And yeah. uh, he and I were at um, the Mac together a couple of years ago. And we were just, at, we hadn't had a chance to talk. So like we went outside, we're like outside talking. It's my favorite Marquand story. And for those who don't know Marquand, Marquand is like one of the fittest humans on the planet. Like for, just like James, former football player, just ripped right he looks like a damn fitness model that's what he looks like you know? <laughs> that's, that's, right. like, that's like entirely a, true like a perfect body so anyway so we're like out front and they've got some uh body mass testing thing set up and the woman comes over and starts talking to us and i can see why she'd come to talk to me about maybe i should check my body fat but she looks at james and goes don't you want to know how much your body fat is and he's like uh it's three <laughs> percent Like he knew exactly how much it was. And, and by the way, it probably is 3%, like just tiny. I just couldn't get over this woman asking him if he wanted to know what his body fat was. I'm like, this guy didn't have an ounce of body fat on. Like why, why would he want to know? No, ma'am. I'm not interested actually. I know. Um, If anyone asked me to test what my body fat was right now, I would slap them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You don't just walk up to people and say, don't you want to know? Like, no, bitch, I'm all set. Yeah. Good. I don't have a skill for a reason. <laughs> God. Anyway, um, what I was going to ask was, is there a way to like get in touch with you, uh, James, if people are interested, if they hear this and they're like, oh, I, I want to host a camp like at my gym or I'm interested in attending. Yeah, one, like, yes, they can yeah. um, get in touch with me on my Instagram at the James Townsend and um, at TDO training. You just uh, click the link, the link tree in the, um, in the bio and it takes you right there. Cool. Perfect. That's awesome. James, did you know that, uh, you know, Dex trains with my dad? Yeah. 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 He always, um, showing us videos. We, we got a group chat. He always showing us videos and he'd be like, yeah, this is John dad right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roy probably take his shirt off with you guys. He wouldn't care. He, he, <laughs> he's at that age where he just don't care at all. He just like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I can't really cool wait to be that you. age. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to see Dex get back into it. And, and he's also going to be at a uh, syndicate you know, competing. Nice. Which, one, which one's Quan going to? Will he be sending to get uh, as well? Granite Games. Granite Games? Yeah. You going to get him in shape enough to compete before then? Or is he going, or no? <laughs> Maybe. He should already be in shape. <laughs> I, I want to see Quan get back to the games this year. Yeah. 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 He, he's working really hard. He, okay. He's working really hard. Me too, man. Me too. Oh. And that's just a three and a half hour drive for me. So I'm, I'm going to go up there that weekend. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get to some of these. My my baby girl's graduating high school right in the middle of two sanctionals. I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't the time to graduate. Like, fail a test or something so I can go watch these semis. She's not having it, so that's, now I got to go watch her graduate, you know? That's that m- m- Memorial Weekend graduation, right? Something like that, that's yeah. That, oh, like, I'm grad- yeah. I forget yeah. which one I might get a chance to. I think Syndicate's the one I might actually have the ability to go to. But she, the first one. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I've got to look at the exact dates. And I, and based on now that I'm stressing about plane tickets, I probably should check really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all look that tonight. Is Mid Atlantic in Knoxville too? Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're back to back weekends in the same location. And it's not, I know it's not ideal. I think we've talked about this on the show before. Even I think everyone has, you know, admitted that that's not truly ideal with the exception of they had to, you know, like kind of make some last minute arrangements because the world is still crazy and loud and live was going through internal changes and whatever. And I will say that even though it kind of stinks for the athletes on the West coast, that there's nothing really closer to them, that there's no like California event or Oregon event. I have never in my entire time working with, with CrossFit events, I have never been to an event that was run better than, uh, the Mac and the team that runs the Mac. It even, it even just watching it. It looked awesome. It looked well run. Just watching. I can't, I, there are no words do not describe how amazing Wilson is at, at 
putting these events on with his whole team behind him. I know he'll, if he ever heard me say that, he'd be like, it's not just me. But so to give that crew a chance to do two events and to like not have to tear down the space and to not have to like move equipment around and how expensive it is to move stuff anyway these days. And just like with the world as insane as it has been for the last two years, I think it's a small price to pay to keep that event in the same location weekend after weekend, but to have people manning it who I trust fully will put on a good, safe, fair, and well-broadcast event. Like, yeah. and that's not just because I'm going to be there, but well, and downtown Knoxville has amazing biscuits. And as a Southern boy, yeah. who loves, <laughs> a Southern yeah. boy who loves biscuits, I want to go back Me just too. for that. Me too. I love so biscuits. Good. Yes. So we're good. at what, what store? I, there's like this little square down there for, I can't remember the name of any of them. I could probably find it for you and send it to you, but there's like a, I call it a square. There's just like a right downtown where the hotel, there's like one hotel everyone stayed in. And right off of that is a square with probably half a dozen restaurants. And I swear to God, four of them had biscuits and everyone better than the next one. And they all had grits and everyone. So like I had biscuits and grits, like two times a day for four days in a row. It was amazing. God, I'm so jealous. I didn't even leave the hotel the last time we were there for the Mac. I didn't even like, cause you work all day and we have production meetings all night and I was super pregnant. So I was like, I'm going to bed. I got so many hotel club sandwiches in my room. It was like, I was my wife, born he, for it. Even, my, even my wife at the time went, uh, as a ride was like, Two and a half months. She, my wife was like, "Look at her. She's a trooper." <laughs> and you had her, you know, your your blue and white dress on, right? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, "Look at her. She's a trooper." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little yeah. did I know what it was going to be like at games that year. I mm-hmm. thought, I thought that was hard. I thought the Mac was hard. Little did I know what it would be like to be on the turf, thirty-eight weeks pregnant. <laughs> Standing right. in front of that right. big ass fan, that meme I will never <laughs> live down, adjusting my like support hose. <laughs> well, I I gotta be honest, dude. I like I think your your dude tutor could do some damage in a yeah, for short sure. weekend like that. Like we we saw that at the Mac. Um, who won the Mac? Because he Jason beat Scott. Hopper. Yeah, Jason Hopper beat Scott Pancheck at the Mac. And you know I've said it before in a three-day weekend where you've only got seven or eight events, you know, different than a five-day games or a four-day games where you're doing 30 events. Right. Like you get a few of these workouts in your wheelhouse and a guy like Tudor, who's got a lot of power and he's really strong. Like he can do a lot of damage there, scare a lot of people. Yeah. It's going to be a treat, man. And and it's been, it's been really fun. Um, like, uh, coaching tutor you know it's, it's been is because he's he's such a grounded kid and you know he comes from you know seattle and they did that influent that affluent area and he just he's just very nice and soft-spoken and and he he really wants to get better right mm-hmm. and he really wants to win and he really wants to compete and so that just thrives off of me as a coach because then now i could dial in and be like all right he trusts me you know, this is a, 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 a new atmosphere. He moved out. You know, he actually he this is what I love about Tudor is that him being 19 years old, he took the initiative to put engineering school on hold to move out to Iowa because he was going to UW, Washington, move out to Iowa to pursue his career in CrossFit. And I was like, you know what, 19, I wish. Like I always say, I wish I had CrossFit, but my my career was geared towards football. But it was like, I wish I could have, you know, was was smart enough to make a decision like that at that age and to go ahead and pursue my dreams. But that's the, I have to commend him for that because he's very smart in engineering school, right? And 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 at the time, and this was like in in um, October November. At the time, he he sat at the table with me and my wife during dinner, and we talked with him and. You know, I just told him, I was like, look, like every sport has a window. And that window will close at some point. You can always go back to school. And, you know, if, if school is not a problem for you, right? I asked him, he's like, no, it's not a problem. I'm like, I could do my schoolwork in my sleep. Then, okay, then. So you can always go back to school. But your window from 19 to 32, if you wait, that could, as an athlete, it could close. 
And he was like, enough said. And he made the decision. And his parents, um, they appreciate him. They 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 respected him and and they supported him. And here we are. And and Tudor is gonna make a lot of noise this year and years to come. You know, James, my my 20-year-old also put school on hold to stay in her bedroom and play video games most nights. So I can <laughs> Did she make your money? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no. because, they, because you can make money off of video games now. Mm-hmm. You can, be, uh, you can yeah. be a millionaire off of video games now. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my kid's going to be a YouTube star someday and take care of me when he's like 14 years old. That's Thank the plan. you. See, see, Nikki, we're here, right? <laughs> no, it took me a minute, though. It took me a minute because I don't know if I told this story on the podcast. I think I might have before, but like, my mom was setting up some sort of like account for the baby. Right. So she could like put birthday money in there and shit for him. And she was like, I can, I can make it the kind of account that he can either like maybe not access until he's 18 years old, or he can access it, but only for education. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, do the education one. That's bomb. And my husband had to be like, what if he doesn't want to go to college? And I was like, <gasps> what, if he, yeah. what if he doesn't, <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was like, I had to, re- I really had to like rethink it and reframe it. Cause that's just how I grew up. Right. I just grew up with my parents and saying that education in college was like the end all be all. So it was like, what's in my brain. And Matt was like, what if he's 18 and he wants to start a landscaping business and he needs to pull out the money to get a loan to buy 200 lawnmowers. And he's going to start this really successful business at 18. You're going to not let him do that. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Totally. But like, I totally had to reframe my way of thinking. So now I'm on board. Now he can do whatever. Question for you you guys. Like how, how important do you think school is right now? (laughs) I just interviewed someone to hire for my company that I own that Mm -hmm. is not related to what I got my degree in who said, I don't think that my college degree was very important because this is not what I went to school for. not what I went for. Um, I have varying schools of thought on it. No pun intended. I have one that's in college, one that isn't, um, or one that's starting college, college in the fall and the other one's not in. Like my thought is like, why go to college and take on a hundred thousand dollars in debt to go get a $40,000 job where you can go, you can go get a job that pays better than that and have no debt. Like that, you know, that's, that's kind of my first thought. So this one doesn't bother me that my oldest isn't going to college. She doesn't love school. She doesn't mm-hmm. love it. And if you don't mm-hmm. love it, don't do it. Find don't something it. you yeah. love, like do something Agreed. you're happy with. Yeah. My baby girl is, wants to be a designer. So she's going to design school and you need school for that. And, right. and she's one of those kids, like she's really dedicated to studying and, and following the rules. Like she's a great student. So school will be great for her because it will help her build a career toward what she wants. And she's fortunate. She's not going to come out of it with any student debt, you know? So, so it'll work, but you know, I, I think people are crazy to take on huge amount of student debt to come out and get a job that pays less than they spend on it. Like, yeah, yeah. This doesn't make sense to me. You know, they'll see it triggered all at once. I think the, the experience of, of going to school is, is, is good. Like yeah. learning time management and everything and being able to get out of, you know, mom and dad's roof for four or five years. Like, you know, that's good. But that lie of, Hey, you know, you get this paper and you're going to start off making $70,000. Like that, that lie is just to get kids into school to pay back these universities. And I always say universities are the biggest crooks. Oh yeah. Bro. You know, and it, it's, and me and my wife, we have this argument all the time because she's a nerd and, you know, she yep. went yep. to business school and uh, she's yeah. like, she's like you, Nikki. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. I'm like, I could care less about school. Like, especially now when kids are getting paid for their likeness, you know, that's you insane got, to me. That's insane know, to um, me. There's this, um, P grew up with this kid called, um, Ryan's toy review. This kid makes over $15 million just for viewing toys on YouTube. How and he is, he is nine years old. No. <laughs> Look him up. Throw he, has, up. He, has, he has over 40 to 50 million views on each of his videos. I'm going to throw up. Do you want to hear the worst part about this? I didn't even have the lie. Okay. When I went to journalism school, they straight up told me you're going to make like 20 grand. 
a year. See, I appreciate that though. Well, yeah, but then I why did they charge that. me 50? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, right. do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like that. And that was, that was, uh, I mean, we could do a, a whole nother hour on, on journalism yeah. these days, but yeah. that was yeah. the like, wow, really go to school for four years. And then my first contract on air contract, full-time on air, local news reporter, 19 K a year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who can live even in the most remote parts of the country who can live on that kind of money? I pay every single person who works for me makes more money than that. Of course. Every they, single every one. single person like, who works full time should make more money than that, yeah. regardless of what your job is. Right. Because you need to live and like basic human things like food and heat cost more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, James, thank you for coming on, man. I, uh, no, thank you guys for having me. Thank hey, before you. we wrap up, last thing, would you consider coming and playing wide receiver for the Browns? Because our football team sucks, bro. And we really. <laughs> I, you know what? After the video that I put up a couple of days ago, so many people hit me up. I was like, man, you need to go to a camp and do it. And I'm like, dude, people don't realize the, the mental switch mm-hmm. that you have to, to turn on to get into a camp, to, to get back into that mode. Because it, remember, it's 105 down to 53. Yeah. Right. So it, it's a whole different grind, but yeah, I got, I mean, I got, I got some, some cooked up and, and, you know, in the wheelhouse and we'll see. Dude. What? We... what? <laughs> we'll see. Oh, did we just break a story? You make a run for the NFL again? Uh-huh. You make another run for the NFL. Please come to the Browns, please. <laughs> we'll please. see. You know, I'll, I'll be 38 this year, but I mean, you know, I don't have any major injuries, nothing. And the stuff that I'm still able to do at, you know, at the NFL measurements that they do is like, it's, it's top tier. It's, it's top five or top 10. So we'll see. James, you should just see what happens. <laughs> oh my God. I would freak yeah. out. I would, that yeah. would be wild to watch. Yeah. It would be yeah. so fun. It would be the only reason I would watch football outside of like in general being in New England. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a, definitely a rite of passage where you are, Nikki. And here in Cleveland, like it's a religion, like as right. bad as the Browns are, people just keep suffering. They just keep going. You know, we just mm. can't help ourselves, but mm. it is what it is. So, well, James, thank you, man. I'm glad the family's doing well. And thank, uh, you. thank you. Great to get a chance to catch up as always. Nikki, with you. Glad your baby's on the mend. Thanks. Everybody's doing well. And yeah. Uh, you sent the cutest picture today, by the way. So give that baby a big smooch for me. I will. And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us once again. And we will chat with you next week.